Hey guys, this is Justin with a bit of a preempt for today's episode. If you caught this live, you probably already know this, but I was unfortunately dealing with some audio issues pretty much throughout the entire recording of this episode. Thankfully, as you can hopefully hear, it is better now. It was because I did get some major work done on my computer. Don't worry, everything's okay. She survived the ordeal, but the Discord settings got messed up. It wasn't a pretty sight. Hopefully, you guys can still enjoy this episode, but if you can't, don't worry. I'm uploading this just a couple of days before the next episode drops. That way, you'll have something to look forward to in just a couple of days. So, sorry again, guys. I really felt bad that it happened. Unfortunately, it wasn't something we can fix on the fly, but it is better now. Thankfully, it happened during the Black Fleet Crisis and not the Thrawn Trilogy. All right. With that being said, let's roll the intro, or the episode, the podcast, whatever. Welcome to another episode of Tap Calf Transmissions, the only Star Wars podcast covering such hot topics as Star Wars and the Black Fleet Crisis all at once. This is really a, a package deal you can't get anywhere else. The Black Fleet Crisis never been hotter right now. The Google trends are just through the roof. Yeah, it went from one in early 1996 up to two in the last week alone for people anticipating this very podcast. We would have been fools not to cover it. It was got to follow the algorithm. This is why this is our first hashtag shorts episode of Tap Calf Transmissions. I think we're at our 50 second threshold now. Thanks for watching, everyone. Uh, <laughs> but we are talking about the final book of the Black Fleet Crisis today, Tyrant's Test. And so for that discussion, I'm going to be your host, Corey. And as always, I have my very own Dr. Eccles here. The esoteric Eckhart's Ladder. How are you doing, Eck? I'm very well. I'm very well. How are you, Corey? I'm I'm great because I just got to read about Balanasi, Quella, uh, Maltha Obex, and the Avitha all in one book. Where else you can you get Kubaka such value? Killing children. Well, allegedly. I mean, that was what he was doing, right? He was, like, killing their brood sacs? Like, yeah, he well, he was uh, performing Yavithan abortions. So if this right. were Texas, Chewbacca Texas would be in jail right now. Yeah. Well, actually, I think the Supreme Court, or the their Court of Appeal put a, that law on hold, actually. I thought okay. I heard that. All right, Chewbacca's free, everyone. Ladies and gentlemen, we got Chewbacca. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and we're getting edgy pretty quickly into this episode. Yep. I mean, all Nilspar did in the last book and a half of this trilogy fuck. is fuck. Yeah. yeah, good for him. He's like, <laughs> it's like a before the big battle, and he's like, I knew what the most pressing thing was, and it's like he just starts banging all of his, like, Yvathan wenches. Yeah. It, it was like getting into the thousands of potential mates, and then yeah. he narrowed it down. It was like the American Idol of mm -hmm. weird alien breathing. So it did confirm, at least, what we were talking about last time, that I was kind of unclear on of whether Yavith like the the birth casks was just like referring to a part of the female Yavithans no, that like a stayed in it. Wall. it yeah, yeah, they like pop out their sack, they hang it on the wall, mm -hmm. and then Chewbacca, Chewbacca crushes it for some reason. Like I don't know why Chewbacca shoots it, but he does. Also, I just realized I'm recording this right now on on Audible on Audacity with my webcam's microphone, so. Yikes. That's going to sound terrible. <laughs> Let's hope nothing bad happens to this stream. <laughs> <laughs> or this could be like the special like uh, lost episode where you just you just hear me just like squawking. I think that's the episode we did on uh, on the E3 <laughs> live. Oh, yeah, play live. That's true. That one is truly lost. It's very sad. 
We don't even count it in the episode numbers. So whenever we say we're at a certain episode, we're going to do our 100th episode. And it's going to be really the 101st or 102nd episode. Well, the episode numbers on um, iTunes are slightly messed up as well. And because like there, I, I think we've got one too few episodes. So eventually I'm going to, tr- there's got to be a way to fix it somehow. But yeah, it kind of drives me crazy because on iTunes, it lists the number episode. So it'll be like 67. And then we also have the number in our title. Yeah. That's like what every other podcast ever I've seen does. So it's like, yeah, so it's unfortunate. There's probably someone out there who's just like frantically searching for the episode they've missed because they just can't get enough. Mm-hmm. Well, it's on YouTube somewhere. So, yeah. yeah. All right. So uh, any news or anything you want to talk about before we get in here? There were a few uh, a few books announced today. Yeah, we got a couple of books announced today. Uh, or was it three? We got a, a book about uh, Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon, to be honest, doesn't interest me like at all. Or is it? Sorry, Obi-Wan and Anakin. Yeah, the business on Cato Neomoidia is finally going to be revealed. Doesn't interest me. Am I a bad person? It just just doesn't. Well, it better interest you when we do the review. You're free to put it in F tier or something if you want, but... I mean, I'm sure it'll be good. It's just like, yeah, I've I've kind of moved on from the Clone Wars a bit, I feel, like, mentally. Like, I'm ready to... You know, so I'm more excited about the the Luke and Lando one. Seems kind of exciting because that's like classic EU team up, right? Mm-hmm. So we got that a little bit today. Mm-hmm. Well, for like yeah, for like five minutes in the book. Yeah. Well, and there's searching Ochi stuff, right? From the weird alien creature from uh, the Sith creature from Episode Nine. I can't really pretend to care about him, but I mean, it might be cool. Yeah. Yeah. We'll we'll have to see, mm-hmm. but um, but yeah. So those was there another one too? I think we got another Padme book. Yeah, there was a Padme well. one. I think there were f- were there four books that were announced. Maybe either way, it like it's it's a uh, publishing's been doing well, and there's more coming, and there's always been there's been a few book leaks as well, just titles, so like nothing even to go off of. Um, but yeah, it should be good. Um. And then we've got, of course, more High Republic stuff coming yep. sooner rather than later. So lots of lots of uh, lots on the horizon, I guess. Thrawn trilogy finale coming out. Uh, mm. Right. We actually have you started reading it? I have Obviously not started yet, any, but yeah. we can't. We, we can't give our impression. We do have we do have the books. Yeah, uh, they're in a safe place. But Mine's not at all. before we move on from this, if Did I ever tell uh, you about the time I left a review copy for a Star Wars book on a plane. Yeah, I think we talked about that on uh, the last Thrawn trilogy book. Whenever Alex was on last. So that must have been uh, Rising Storm. That was not that was not a, a great moment in, in Eckhart's <laughs> latter lore. Should make a short about it. The time I almost got moused. I, I, don't, I don't think. I don't think anyone really cares that much to make a huge deal. Yeah, about nothing it. Like, would have happened. They'd be like, hey, do you want us? Someone's going to fight and be like, oh, my God, this is some advanced Star Wars thing. Let me try to eBay it or auction off on eBay. They get like 15 bucks, like less than sticker price for it because it's in nobody who condition. found it would know what it like. They wouldn't give a fuck. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I think some random flight attendant or parent trying to stop their kid from screaming on the plane that was on it next is going to be like, oh, this is the this is the upcoming Star Wars book. Mm-hmm. No, they don't care. Yeah, there's like a two percent chance. Um, if the person was a Star Wars fan, they would even know what the book is. Yeah. Uh, 
I also got a new, well, I revamped my computer, which is why we were a couple minutes late today. I was having a few Wi-Fi issues, which I have uh, successfully sorted. It's pretty exciting. Um, but I got a new processor. I got a new motherboard. We're just ready for action, baby. And so that is why X audio may sound a little bit off right now. There's going to be some. Does it sound uh, off to setup. you? Do you think it's it's not bad, but it is definitely different and yeah. it'll probably take some messing around. But well, I have all my old settings, so I thought I properly imported my old audio settings, but it might just be where I'm sitting as well. I'm not sure. It just uh, it almost sounds like it's peaking, but it's not. I don't know. Well, maybe it might be in like your gain issue. I'll turn my gain down a little bit. Uh... But so if you're if you're over the Clone Wars, if there's an announcement tomorrow that like Clone Wars season eight, the lost episodes is coming out, you're just. Nah. I mean, I would. I would always be down for more Clone Wars. I turned my gain down, by the way. I did see it say say I was clipping or peeking a little bit. I mean, I'm that down to watch more Clone Wars, um, but more books. I don't know. Like for me, yeah. I just I like. I feel like I've heard enough of the Anakin Obi Wan that part of their relationship. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like the only thing I'd really be interested in at this point forward is like more ship designs, and we're not getting that. Mm. So. Yeah, we're not getting that. Definitely not in, if we get another Clone Wars series. Because they've got like four ships and they they use them. <laughs> they rescale them sometimes and that's about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, I guess we can get into our discussion of Tyrant's Test. The mm-hmm. culmination of everything we've been working on these last few months on the podcast. So, yeah. I gotta say, your I, I liked it. I like this whole series a lot more than I thought I would. Um, so these books, as we've been talking about in our past uh, episodes, are very different than the rest of Star Wars. They're a lot more like military sci-fi than um, what Star Wars usually is. And I thought that worked really well in this battle, like or in this book. There was like the battle between, uh, I forget the one where it's basically just like, it's like two ships. It's like two New Republic vessels versus a, a few thrust ships. I'm like, I felt like the stress of like on that a bot was under. Um, overall, I thought it was really good. It ends up turning out that yeah, even at the end of it, the whole Teljacon vagabond thing is like, it's not even a red herring. It's just not really relevant to anything. No. Um, but it's it, it it's sounds great. like your cord might be loose or something. It keeps like cutting in and out a little bit. It'll get quiet and loud. But yeah, like the. We got the finally the different plot threads coming together to the extent that it does in this trilogy. I think that's one of the weaker parts of it, just how little some of the storylines matter. Because like even Luke and Akana kind of coming to a bot's fleet, they they do or Wyala does the fake Falanasi fleet projection to make the New Republic fleets look bigger. But even then, it doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't seem to have an impact on the battle because the thing that really changes the battle is the Imperials taking back their fleet and leaving. Uh, and we we actually get the crew of part of the New Republic fleet being like, oh, you guys, you saved us with, with all of that. It's like, no, the, the, the Imperials did that, so... 
was kind of unnecessary, and like it was annoying because it came at like the eleventh hour as well, like yeah. literally seconds before the battle begins. It's like, yeah, they're losing all their forces, and it's just like, yeah. Also, let me know if that sounds any better. You adjusted my cables a bit, but I think so. It seems to be mostly when you like lean in or out from the mic, and then it just picks it up more or less. But interesting. This is always the. This is why I, I hate Shit. doing things audio. It's just like, it's a. Yeah, it's, it's still kind of doing it. Okay. I'll I'll work on it throughout the podcast, but listeners, I'm sorry. Episode, it will be better. I promise. Um. So yeah, the the eleventh hour stuff was kind of annoying. Um, what did you think of the whole like Akana storyline? This was probably the least annoying version of it. Um, because we got the least of it. Period. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like the last few books, it's been, or at least the second book, it was like a third of the book, and it's just that, and there there was no escape from it. But here, it's just Luke and Akana have a fight. They kind of make up. And they go back to the fleet, and Luke finds out that Akana's just been lying to him the whole time. Uh, which, yeah, I, I... It ends up at the point where it's like, I'm not sure what message they're trying to send with it. Like, she just yeah. undercuts everything she's trying to do, and... She, she just totally uses them. Yeah. Like, there's, no, there's no other real explanation. She just takes advantage of them. But and what was I she even believe... really using him to do? Like, it seemed more like she was trying to get him to kind of yes, see her way of doing things. Curious about him? Like, yeah. I don't even really understand, though. Also, let me know if that's any better. I made another change, but... um, Yeah, like, so I, I guess at the end, she's just like, I was kind of... She seemed like she was kind of worried about him, like, what he could become, I guess. Especially where he's, like, teaching people now, and he's, like, this big figure in the galaxy, but... yeah. But, like, she has to maybe realize that, hey, I'm lying to him about everything. And I don't know if it's the kind of thing like, oh, he'll just appreciate what I'm doing for him so much when I tell him that the one thing that made him agree to come with me on this was a complete lie. And I just keep judging him. And literally everything I'm doing up to this point is still a lie. So. I don't know. Yeah, it's not great. Um. What about so? I guess we get in the, even the whole structure of this book is very different. Um, where it's like, so last book it was very weird too because it goes, it was split up in direct thirds. Um, where it was like half is, um, half, or the first third is, I think, Taljakon Vagabond. Then it's Leia, or then it's Leia. Then it's Luke. And in this one, it kind of splits it. Which did you prefer? Would you say? My problem with the second one was just that it was it was such a it really highlighted the fact that the parts are so disconnected like of the three my f the first was my favorite because at least they in the first one the uh, at least for the format the first one it had them all intermixed and it made it easier to see how some of the themes were the same. But then even some of those themes about like how the Uvita or how the Kala approached the galaxy and how the New Republic did, they almost got dropped for just the just the content side of it and the actual actions that were going on. Uh, and so having that at the same time that the book got sectioned off as much as it did didn't do much for me in uh, in Shield of Lies and now in Tyrant's Test. It's all mixed back together but it's already been so disconnected 
mm-hmm. that like the Lando plot and the Luke and Akana plot are just they don't really feel like they resolve anything and they're so disconnected from anything else going on that it's hard to care that much about them. Mm-hmm. Like even I did enjoy the Luke, the Lando and Lobot and uh, the Telescon Vegabond plot in the second book more than I expected to. Yeah. But in this, it's just the few interludes and it's so minor that even the elements that I liked about it in the second book are just kind of gone and it just resolves like, oh, well, they're not actually dead. They'll come back. Yeah. And I found it was a bit more like, I don't even know how to explain it. Like in this book, it seemed a bit more, there was less insight into what they were actually doing. It's just like Lobot's off doing something. You just got to trust him kind of. Yeah. Which I didn't like. Yeah. And he just like eventually merges with the ship, but Lando's already, Lando's yelling at the droids and then it's just not on anything they're doing anymore. It's just. Lando's or Lobot's communicating with the ship and we don't actually get much information out of this just the information that Lobot has information and there's like three realizations in a row in the in the scenes with the Telescon Vegabond where it's like oh now we know what it is oh now we know what it is oh now we know what it is kind of like going over our heads yeah (laughs) at least for me until Luke is like oh no actually they're alive on the planet and this is the instruction how to rebuild your society and like the, the biggest connection there I guess would be the idea of what uh, kind of a bot was talking about with the mm-hmm. Yavitha and how like they were essentially forcing a bot and the New Republic fleet to just wipe them out because they were not retreating, they were not surrendering, and like a bot was kind of torn on like I would, given the chance, allow them to surrender, but I'm kind of relieved that they're not giving me that chance. Because they're going to, it, it has sounded a little bit better. For I think you might be good. No, now you're not making any sounds. But you're muted. But a bot was uh, kind of relieved because by making him wipe them out, he was kind of able to ensure that Evitha won't be coming back and joining the Galactic community as a stronger force. Which they kind of try to do, but then they use on Vong, wipe them out off screen. Yeah, because, I mean, they're not really all wiped out. Like, some are, but... Okay, that's worse. Other shit. It's worse. Okay. I'm going to take a second to try to fix this, and okay. I'll be right back. But yeah, so that was kind of... It, it almost felt like it was getting back to some of the connected themes of the Abitha and Quella, and how they were approaching the galaxy with those elements of it, but it was just kind of hinting at there being a connection, whereas in the first one, it was a lot more explicit because the New Republic comparison was in there as well, whereas now uh, we get the resolution how Leia sees the role of the New Republic in the galaxy, but it doesn't tie quite as much into into the way the Yuvitha might see themselves or how they feel like they need to interact with the galaxy. Yeah, so it is a bit harder to discuss it the way we did in the last ones because it it is a bit more intermixed with the last ones. We just divided it into the sections. So we kind of get uh, the the traditional three plot lines from uh, from the last two books where it's the Leia slash Yavithan plot, which is a bit more divided between Leia on one hand, uh, Abba, and then Han's experience in captivity because... 
Han was captured at the end of the last book, and he's going to stay in captivity for most of the book until Chewbacca rescues him, because Chewbacca finds out that Han's been captured. He takes a team of his family from Kashyyyk, where his son is going through uh, his own trials to become a, an adult. And they load up the Falcon, they go to rescue Han. So you have that plot kind of being split into three. You have the Luke and Akana plot, which ties back into the Abbot plot, because uh, Akana and Luke find out about the war. Luke goes to the fleet, which is the same place where the Falanasi are hiding. Uh, and then you still have the interludes, which are the Lando chapters, which are pretty sparse, like we were talking about. So there's very little with the Vegabond. I think we've kind of already covered everything where uh, Lando and Lobot have some differing opinions on what they should do with the Vegabond, uh, on what it is. Like, they're kind of perpetuating the same storyline of like, oh, it's a mystery. We need to experiment with all this stuff. And Lobot finally makes that connection with the ship where uh, he kind of just plugs his head into it. Uh, and they, they end up getting rescued by Luke. The ship is jumping back to Malta Obex, which is Quella, the Quella homeworld. And they've wiped out the kind of side characters of the Imperials from Prakith that were chasing them before. Uh, oh, is my connection dying now? That's not good either. But, but yeah, so Lando ends up getting pulled out by Luke showing up after leaving the Avethan fleet. Uh, and there's a there's a scene with them where uh, right after Luke has kind of reunited with them, where Lando just seems super out of it. And it almost seems like they were uh, like the author was trying to have them all just kind of be worn down from there adventure on the ship but then the next scene they're just back at full force too in the prior scene they'd been fine as well so i don't know if that really landed as well maybe i just didn't understand or just misread the scene where it seemed like they were all kind of off but i feel like that ended up being one of the weaker parts of the story uh because we we did get a bit of interaction between the the hey eight. maybe you can hear better now i don't know hopefully <laughs> hopefully well we'll see so i was just running down the basically five different plots in the in the book the mm -hmm. different perspectives okay sorry fill me in okay you're running down the plots and were you ripping on them or were you you know gushing about how much you love them uh, are you ready to make a, a brood sack over all five of these plots three of the plots i mean I was mostly just talking about how the the Lando stuff ends up feeling kind of weird, uh, where there's this scene at the end where, like, right after Luke finds them, where maybe you had a different read on this than me. It just seemed like they were trying to write it as if, like, Lando was super out of it and Lobot was super out of it and just coming down from their adventure uh, and kind of gone stir-crazy in the ship or something. Mm -hmm. But then it just doesn't yeah. last. The next scene, they're fine again, and it I don't know. Yeah, it was almost like it went on like too too far, I think. Like they're in the ship for like how long? Like a month at that point. Yeah. Um and 
yeah, it, it just it feels like it feels like it went on for too long, I guess. Yeah, you do sound better now, I think. So Okay, completely better or like much better. Okay. But okay. you're not okay. like undulating anymore, which was the big okay. problem. It's it's on Discord's end for some reason because I Okay. Was, I, yeah. So that's maybe the thing. connection issues you were having. Yeah, that, that's probably it too. But oh well. Mm-hmm. Uh at least we'll have the backup of your webcam mic to pull us over if we need. Uh, actually, no, that stopped as well. So oh, okay, yeah. What yeah, a shit show! And yeah, it's it's terrible. So <laughs> uh, it's it's the Black Fleet crisis. At least, like, thank God this wasn't heir to the Empire or something. But I'll I'll have to record a little message for the fine folks before they listen to this. <laughs> oh well. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I I guess I kind of. What else do you want to cover that we haven't covered? I mean, I feel like we've we've glossed over a lot, partially because of technical issues. Um, is there any like one scene in this book that stood out for you? For me, it was definitely the battle. I really liked how yeah. that was written. I, I liked all of the kind of this was something in the last book too, where they really go into like the nuances of command and how like they talk about how like they've got the in this point they've got the fifth fleet. It spends most of its time in the Kunak cluster. Um, there's they've been supplemented by extra battle groups and it goes into a lot of like how the battle groups are being split up like what their force composition is like and i definitely would have liked to see more of that i think yeah yeah i actually took some notes from it to do a video but Mm -hmm. uh there's what was your impression of leia coming out of this because i think we both Uh, left the prior two books thinking that she was uh not great at her job i mean i thought she was kind of not great at her job as well in this one yeah. um for one she's like so rude to her image people when like she has a huge image issue and she's not been listening to them yeah she's like i hope you go back to your old job and i hope it was better than whatever it was here it's like you didn't let them do anything like what are you expecting yeah um well the thing then- that was really weird about that is like she goes for the senate hearing because they're trying to do a recall on her the ruling council has supported it and now they're going to do a senate vote and like she walks into the room and everyone in the Senate is on her side already. And then they're yeah. even more on her side when she just declares like, war. Maybe saying, your image is working. <laughs> and like you definitely not help yourself by like locking yourself away and just being Planting. shitty to everyone. Like yeah. Ben Kilnam should have been president. Mm-hmm. I'm 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 endorsing Ben Kilnam. And I also like I didn't really like the idea too that her like big moment of triumph in this is like becoming a warmonger like she's like yeah you can fire me after the war is over if you want like what like i don't know for so the whole issue here is i think it's it's a it's a fair point because leia has been completely emotional and like un like illogical throughout these books and the recall is because han of course has been captured by the evathans um and I forget exactly what the name of the senator was who sponsors the kind of motion, but they're like, you can't act or you can't act rationally. And she's like, you want to see irrational? I'll show you. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, maybe she shouldn't be leading. And she visits Mon Mothma and Mon Mothma's like, you should be leading. And she's like, okay, well, well fuck everything else then. Yeah, like, ultimately, she's right in that the New Republic probably should be doing something about this. Yeah. But it, the the way she goes about everything is just 
kind of terrible and she lucks her way into being supported at the end where like through literally no work of her own luckily everyone else is on board with invading because the last two books she's just been like well i'm the president why doesn't everyone just support me without me having to do this thing explain myself like who would want to explain themselves rule of law come on yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, I, I do actually like the way she comes to the final conclusion where she's like, you know, it might sacrifice Han, but it's the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I did like that. Um, I f- at first thought the concern that everyone had was that she was going to be overly aggressive, but it seems like that was never actually a concern of very many people, yeah. um, which I think is kind of the more realistic concern. Not that she wouldn't do anything, that she would do too much. Well, there's uh, probably a lot of, like, 90s politics of uh, neocon stuff worked into this. Mm-hmm. Pro or con, but... Yeah. No, I agree. Um, but, yeah. The other scene I really liked was the... Uh, it was kind of dumb, but I, I gotta say, I liked the, the Wookiee Star Destroyer assault. Yeah. It did end up so, getting Shorin killed, so uh, R.I.P. Shorin. Yeah. Because I'm sure you mentioned this when you were going over the, the five major plots and putting them in their brood sacks. But uh, yeah, one of the major plots, of course, is Chewbacca's son, who uh, for a second I thought they were making Force-sensitive. Yeah, me um, too. I could not remember that. But um, yeah, Chewbacca's son is kind of on a journey with them, and we get a, a sick scene of the Wookiee boarding party, and Chewbacca is like breaking people's necks and stuff. Um, it's cool stuff. I was a fan. There you go. Okay, sorry. Yeah, the the Chewbacca plot I I did enjoy. Like we start off the book with it, where Lumpy Warump is uh mm-hmm. trying to do his katana mission, trying to capture mm-hmm. the katana fleet. But then by the end, a Lumpy Warump turns into a Lumpy Waru. So. Wasn't his name Lumpy Waru in the in the Christmas special? I thought. I don't remember. I thought maybe it was Lumpy Warump, and then this was kind of a way to try to retcon an inconsistency. Mm-hmm. But it, it it actually so very few books reference the Black Fleet Crisis, mm-hmm. but uh, I, I did feel like there was a a decent amount of referencing other stuff in here because. The whole trilogy, I agree. Yeah. Well, the whole trilogy does put a lot of weight on Dark Empire when talking about like what Luke's doing. But even then, like even outside of that, there's like the references to Biss and how the slave circuitry was like all directed towards Biss already. Uh, So the idea that like all those ships were kind of tied in for the Exegol march, anyways. Mm -hmm. That is a cool detail, actually. I didn't really think about it from that perspective. Because it was 12. 12 years before that the shipyards were taken. Is this set in 17? Yeah. Yeah. So it would have been like shortly before or shortly after Endor that uh, the Avita took over. And by that point, he's just fuming because he's missing a bunch of ships. Yeah. Because Saranen does activate the slave circuitry and they're jumping towards Biss. So they they drop no spar out in the middle of hyperspace in a in a pod. An escape which pod. They do in Star Wars Rebels, and they just pop out of hyperspace. Which there's kind of like two interpretations of hyperspace. One, the engine rips you in, then rips you out, which is what this says. Or there's like the 
the engine is what carries you and if you don't have the engine then you're not stuck you just revert to real space which do you prefer i typically prefer the you drop out without the engine because there's nothing propelling you through hyperspace or keeping you in hyperspace anymore it seems like generally it's more consistent when it's something's got like if your hyperdrive breaks while you're in hyperspace mm-hmm. i think it, it works better if you just leave hyperspace rather than mm-hmm. oh you're now yeah. stuck in the other dimension forever and i think a lot more stories rely on that than what happens here yeah because that, that's what happens when they um that's what happens when they do uh in rebels they pop out the i think out of the the little what's it called the phantom the little gunship back i think that um, is the phantom and, and they just they just stop like they just mm-hmm. i think it's the same effect as like when they uh they have the interjector where it's like all the red and stuff yeah but, mm-hmm. but we do get an idea of how big uh computer memory is in star wars from this book because they talk about how big the uh the Kella genome is and how it had to be put on like three data cards rather than being able to hit fit the human one on like one and a half or something mm-hmm. or one data card, which is about like three gigs worth of data, I think. Mm-hmm. So they download the human genome. See how much how much. I don't know what this means. It's 920 megabytes, whatever I just started downloading. <laughs> Uh, okay, so Justin just downloaded a virus day one on his new computer. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we set, baby. So 2.9 billion base pairs would take 2.9 billion bytes or 2.9 gigabytes. So... Well, wouldn't it... But Oh, yeah, right, because it would just be ones and zeros, right? So Yeah. It, so, so what was the final number you came to? It... According to Stack Overflow, which is right about everything, everyone on Stack Overflow is always right. Uh, it is about three gigabytes. Well, have you ever considered the fact that maybe they wanted to uh, color code it and add some, uh, like maybe there's like a little intro scene that plays. <laughs> so they have like a an MP4 file on there as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that would definitely put it up to at least five. So. Like you could you could increase that by a factor of ten, and I still have a thumb drive that's bigger than that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we we were talking about this earlier. I just I bought new solid state drives for my computer, and they're like RAM stick stick size, and it's yeah. a terabyte. So maybe each letter, or or like each like pairing is in video format. You know how like when you Google like pronunciation guides of words, it goes like it'll just be the word. But like some lady saying it, maybe that's what they do. So it's like right. So it's the audiobook version. Saying, yeah, instead of just saying a, it's like for the first pair you got to click it and then let it load up, and then it's just like a nice robot lady going pair a, a b, and then yeah. And then for some reason, one. each one has like an installation of Battlefield twenty forty two on it. Yeah, and then every few ones has like a uh, raid Shadow Legend sponsorship. You know how it is. Okay, no, this this makes a lot more sense now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you get WinRAR for free on there too. <laughs> all right, I, I retract my complaint. This, well, you you don't get WinRAR for free. They just remind you for seventeen well, years that like this is not a free program. Please, please pay us. Which everyone makes fun of, but like Con Vagabond exists just to spread WinRAR. <laughs> 
Have you seen? Uh, have you been watching? Uh, what's it called? Squid Game or whatever? No. Okay. I kind of want to. But... Today. It's it's pretty good, but like without spoiling anything, basically you can sign a thing and you you give away your your body. Basically, I won't say any more because that it would spoil it beyond that. But um, I just imagine that like that's the same thing with like Winrar. Like no one realizes when they click through that like that money's payable at some point. He's just giving you the option. But in like 2040, all the Winrar like dues payable is gonna hit, and the Winrar is gonna become like a, a nation state of just like financial power. Yeah, there was one other thing that was kind of off-putting in the book. Maybe you have uh, you can fix that for me, much like you have now fixed my disbelief of the three gigabyte. Yeah, yeah. So it is very Star Wars, though, to have a limit. Okay, yeah. Well, it's like in the '90s, six megs would have seemed like a huge amount of storage when the book was made. Like, oh, if I multiply that by by like a thousand, that's future tax. Like, no, we're gonna have that in three years. Mm-hmm. But uh, when Luke is talking about the memory wipes with Akana. And it goes into the physiology of how he accomplishes it. I prefer the hand wavy magic explanation over talking about like Luke using the force to pinch nerves and crush blood like, vessels yeah, I, to do I it. Tickle, I tickle their taint until they forget about whatever. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's not supposed to be. Yeah, that, that's a big miss. Like it's not supposed to be pinching. He's like, yeah, actually, I kill them for a second. <laughs> that's what I do. I give them like, a mild he's, aneurysm. <laughs> it's the force. Like it's the force breaking their will. Like. Or and like that's the mind trick explanation. I assume it'd be the same thing. Like you don't need, yeah, you don't need the medical. Yeah, he's like compressing a nerve here, a blood vessel there. Luke brought on a moment of unconscious paralysis, and in that moment, swept the memories from their minds. So I don't know if it's just like the the physical stuff is a is a sedative, and then the hand wavy stuff with the memory still happens. But I don't think you need the combination either. Just uh, kind of don't do it. Funny too when. It's like in a book that has the uh, the Falanasi doing some really incredible feats of, well, not not the four, well, the current, the force, etc. Yeah. So, yeah. Did uh, I fix my mic? By the way, do I sound okay? Yeah, you sound much better now. Like normal or not quite as good? Not you're maybe like ninety five percent of normal, but you're not mm-hmm. making weird noises. Well, right. not any more weird usual. <laughs> Okay, right. I, I knew I shouldn't say that as soon as I started. <laughs> I did this to myself. No. <laughs> uh, so yeah, any final thoughts before we before we rank the book and move on to the questions for the week? I like this book a lot more than I thought I would. I like this whole trilogy. I'm probably going to read it again next year. Um, yeah, it was it was really good. I enjoyed it all the way through. Some things I didn't like. It was wacky, but I didn't mind it. Um, even the Taljikon Vagabond plot was more enjoyable than I thought. So, yeah. like I definitely enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I would as well. And I, I'd probably focus too much on the disconnected plots while giving my breakdown there. So it probably sounded like I was more down on it than I was. But if you were to, uh, if you were to assign uh, an arbitrary and reductive number or letter to this, B, you're giving this a B. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, I'm probably gonna give it a C. Okay. Uh, I really enjoy. I'll have to look at that. Like we do want to go back and do another re-ranking, 
yeah, I give it a I give it a 2021 B, which is probably a 2020 C. Like, because I also give, in hindsight, I also gave Rogue Squadron a B. That gets bumped up to an A, probably. It's inflationary. I don't know. I gotta, let me think about it. See, I uh, when I look at our when I look at our ratings, it just I've always I've felt now that we have the spreadsheet, which will be linked in the or is linked in the description of the video form here, as well as in the description of the the audio version. I've been thinking that we're very top heavy, so we've got a lot of A's and S's, and then we have a couple B's, very few C's, almost no D's, and I think one F from me and Dark or in uh, Jedi Academy. So I'm I'm gonna be trying to. When doing the re-ranking, I'll probably be trying to do more of a proper curve with this. I think for me, like Corellian Trilogy is going to be a C. Yeah. But for me, it's like I enjoyed these. There's, it's just there's been very few I don't enjoy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. Everything's an S. Because mm-hmm. it's shit. S uh, or sure did put in a good effort. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Go teach grade one or something. My sister's a teacher. I'm going to have to tell her that one. Uh, but yeah, so when we did uh, announce the spreadsheet last time, uh, we mentioned there were a couple we were missing, and we got an email from Seamus who has basically provided us with all the ones we missed except Seamus. for one or two. Yes. So thank you very much. We're going to get those added uh, probably tonight or tomorrow. I didn't have a chance to put it in because I just checked the, the questions now, even though email was sent a week ago uh but yeah thank you so much that will thank save you, a lot of time so we really that appreciate is that. an s for s yeah. tier in seamus what's the s and s tier stand for super super is that actually what it stands for no superb i don't know special Maybe there was already an A tier, and then people were just like, oh, we need to pick another letter that's even better well, yeah, than A tier. Yeah, I assume they started with like letter grades, like standard, and then... Yeah, okay. So that's our question for the emails for this week. Uh, what does the S in S tier stand for? Hmm. Yes, that's a great... Yeah, throw that into your, the end. Give us some good ideas. The best idea gets a, a good job, friend, on the podcast. So we normally also don't talk about... Uh, too many sponsorships on this podcast, but we got a very interesting offer uh, before we get into the actual questions here, uh, where I think this was a weird reach for them, but a company that is a fashion house mm. contacted us. And a few times, didn't they? Uh, this is the first one I've seen. Maybe it's maybe. Yeah, but I, I don't know. I don't know if we're the people you email to get uh Look at these Stormtrooper headphones. This flannel shirt. Bruh. Look at this white shirt underneath. What Very Canadian look. Yeah. The only way to be more Canadian is if you stand up right now and you got the khaki shorts on. No, I don't. I, I, I do have khaki. Actually, no, I don't have khaki pants. And I, took, I took them off because they were kind of uncomfortable. Huh. All right. Like, Justin's once I again doing like, the podcast I, pantsless. No, I'm wearing. I switched into jeans. Okay. Yeah. Like I don't like wearing khakis around the house. I don't know what it is. Fair enough. I just find jeans more comfortable. And then later I'll move to sweatpants. Hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Time for the actual questions. Uh, so our first question comes from Jacob, 
who says, with Star Wars visions being short one-offs that don't have to tie into canon, would you like to see what-if spin-off scenarios of the movies themselves? Uh, if so, what would you like to see? I would love to see a version of Attack of the Clones where Django wasn't around and they cloned the first human available and up with a clone <laughs> of army, clone army of Charlies. <laughs> Uh, that's a fun one. Um, yeah, I, I've watched a few of the Marvel what ifs, and I've been enjoying them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I would, I would definitely like stuff like that. Don't try to, I don't try to make it canon to the multiverse like, like Marvel did. Uh, that's too comic booky. But just call them what ifs and or infinities or whatever. And yeah, that idea is really fun. Um, even just like five minute shorts, not even like full episodes yeah. like Marvel. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff you could do with that. Yeah, you could like, do like light side Vader uh, mm. if he survived, or yeah, or like yeah. I mean, a lot of them are like kind of you know they've been done. Like, what if Luke joined the dark side, or yeah. what if what if the Death Star blew up uh, Yavin? Um, one thing I like about what ifs, though, and I haven't seen all of them, is but some of them do have dark endings. Um, like yeah, like what if this became this, and it's like oh, everyone died. Sick. Okay, let's continue. <laughs> Well, with uh, with what if it is like like you were saying, it was like it's actually tied into kind of to mm-hmm. what's going on. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, thank you, Jacob. Are there is there are a couple questions here about like Ronin and stuff? We'll probably save that for when we talk about Ronin, which should be uh, we should be doing soon, I think. Well, it comes out on the twenty eighth, so it'll be a couple weeks, but either way. Uh, the next question comes from Richard, who asks, when you guys talked about Dark Empire series, it seemed like there was a bit of a feud going between the story groups. Do you see another situation where the folks making the movies versus the TV people are in a similar situation, i.e. what we're seeing in the Filoni-verse versus what's going to the sequel trilogy? I think that's been significantly overstated. I don't think so. I just, I I think Dave Dave Filoni's probably just working with what he got. Like, I don't think there's... There's like no opposition. Like no one else is making movies right now. Like yeah. I think Dave Filoni's probably just going with what he get, what he has. Yeah. And like part of the thing in the with the Del Rey and Bantam versus uh, Dark Horse stuff is there was less of an idea at the time of like trying to do cohesive stuff, and it's basically two companies competing with the license. Uh, and then like they they tried to work stuff together, but then you had more authors who felt. Uh, like they should be a bit more uh, <laughs> or less tied to what the other people were doing. But like Filoni also learned a lot of uh, live action directing by working with Ryan Johnson in episode seven. So it's not like the same, like some of the dislike in the Del Rey versus or some of the competition in the Del Rey. I don't Rey think Dave versus... Filoni has that much to do with it, to be honest. I think Dave Filoni's like on the overall story, I think maybe his impact's a bit exaggerated. Yeah. But... Well, people like to assign so much credit or blame to one person for everything, so they just take the public figures they know. And like yeah. Bad Batch, he's more in an executive producer role. Like he's not the one writing the episodes. Yeah, the reason why Dave Filoni gets the credit is because people see him as like the George Lucas protege. Yeah, but like yeah. his role on Bad Batch is probably similar to what George's was, especially later on in the Clone Wars where maybe he has some input here and there and it's based on his original work and he had a bigger role in the actual movie, but it's less Mm -hmm. day-to-day. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Good question, though. I do think that uh, on the Favreau side, we are going to get 
uh, Happy brought in from the Marvel Universe. It's literally just John Favreau. Yeah, he's like, oh, sorry. Go ahead. He's gonna be like zapped into season three of the Mandalorian. Uh, he's gonna be wondering it, it, where Spider Man is. It's just John Favreau. It's just like, it oh, is just John on Marissa Tomei. That's just John Favreau, probably. Yeah, yeah. I do enjoy Happy though, so I wouldn't actually mind it. Mm, I I I like the the Spider Man's. I don't like it as much as the the prior the the not the Sony one, but the to, the Tobey Maguire one. But yeah, it's a fun stories. All right, we'll have to have when uh, No Way Home comes out. We'll have a. A tap calf just talking about which Spider-Man is the best. And I like spoiler alert, it's not going to be Andrew Garfield for either of us. No. I watched Venom, the first Venom last night too. That was a fine movie. I heard the second one's not bad. Uh, our next question comes from Joel. Who says, do you think the Thrawn and the Mandoverse will give us any clues or hints as to how Thrawn's actions fit or don't fit in Palpatine's wider plans to restore the Sith and Exegol? Even if it's just cutting away to two guys in a robe saying that everything is proceeding as their master has foreseen. My hope is that the Canon Thrawn trilogy will have more tie into Canon Dark Empire, aka sequel trilogy. One thing I thought of was what if instead of the Kastana fleet, Thrawn finds the missing Imperial fleets that Post and or mentioned in the Aftermath novels and uses those to supplement his growing forces, although this is just fan speculation on my part. Those are supposed to be gone. Like Those are supposed to be hidden away, I think, uh, for the First Order. Um... I mean, it's it's very very similar to like to it, it's it's kind of the exact same actually as what happened in Legends where Thrawn's like, well, I mean we don't know what he's doing, but if Thrawn's like, let's bring the Empire back, it's the exact same thing in Legends where Palpatine's like, bro, like we're like we're done, like I'm I'm resting, I'm recuperating, I'm building new shit, like this is a waste, like I'm I'm letting them have this, and Thrawn's like out there fighting for his fucking life. Um, I do think there will be more tie-in, though. Like, I think we got a bit of that at the Bad Batch. Like, I assume that Mount Tantis is going to be in the Thrawn trilogy. Yeah. And I assume the cloning is going to be related to the kind of overall cloning stuff we got in um, in The Mandalorian. Although, I, I don't... I think what we get in The Mandalorian is kind of uh, the remnants of that. Like, I don't think they're working on Palpatine in that. But I do think that's kind of what's going on there. Yeah. Yeah, it's probably more like splitting off from the same uh, same projects in tech rather than working towards that with a lot yeah. of the Splinter stuff. Uh, like I think it was probably pretty likely that the, the technician from that show was a part of that, but now he's like, yeah. you know, yeah. I think we'll probably see, like you're saying, kind of the same disconnect as we saw in Legends between like Palpatine has gone fully into the uh, dark side religious aspects just of the empire versus the dark side, just yeah non-stop yeah whereas thrawn is not doing that and is more the like just the imperial fleet element because mm-hmm. yeah. that's always been kind of portrayed as uh two kind of competing sides over the control for the empire you get it with uh tarkin versus vader and mm-hmm. uh, even the plans for like tarkin to overthrow the emperor uh, if the Death Star had been successful and he hadn't exploded. And I, I think, and that was also kind of opposed to the fleet, but it was still more the secular elements of the Empire rather than uh, Church of the Dark Side almost. But, yeah. Yep. Um, what do you think happened to that Super Star Destroyer from this book? Uh, the one that jumped to hyperspace with Saranen yeah. on it? Yeah. 
I don't know. It doesn't really appear back with the Empire. Maybe it shows up at best. They cry a lot because everything's still dead, and then... Well, I'm looking the Rakehell made its way back to the Imperial yeah. Remnant, and I assume that's when they probably jacked, right? Yeah, like, they jacked like, all yeah. the ships. They at least got mm-hmm. Rakehell to the Empire, but I don't think they got uh, Indomitable. Well, there is one... There... Pelion does have an unnamed superstar destroyer. The one in uh is that Star by Star or Dark? No, I think it's mm-hmm. Destiny's Way. I think it's Destiny's Way. Could be that Way. one. But yeah, I'm not sure if that's supposed to be uh Megador. I accidentally called it Guardian in one of my videos recently, and mm. I was just Yeah. That's I, one you know is wrong. Yeah. Because <laughs> I, I did a video about Guardian itself not too long ago as well. But yeah, then, for some reason, when I when I did the when I did the short, I was like, "Guardian, the last Imperial." Has misplaced a star destroyer. Yeah, I had to do a full public apology on the in the comments. <laughs> Shut down my channel. Delete my TikTok. It's embarrassing, really. Call a lawyer. Divorce Dana. I'm not even <laughs> married yet. Get married just so I can divorce. <laughs> yeah, it's always fun. Just right on the altar, be like, you just got played, divorced. You make more money than me, too, so. <laughs> Double played. We don't know that. No, I, don't. I was just making up a situation. Mm-hmm. I, I, I've i not been mm-hmm. examining your and Dana's finances, so. Well, I keep sending you the spreadsheet, so if you could please get around to that. I can't be bothered. I just can't. <laughs> All right. The next question comes from Christopher. Who says, in your opinion, what is the best estimate of the value of the Imperial or Republic credit in relation well, to the I modern US question, dollar? Uh, it's actually, it's easiest to compare it to crypto. Uh, mm-hmm. Where it, it matters, it's whatever that specific instance prices something at. Sometimes it seems like there's like 10 credits for a meal. Sometimes it yeah. seems like 10 credits is enough to buy a house. So mm-hmm. it's, y- you never know. Yeah, how much did uh, Luke get it for his land speeder? This is why I wish Alex was on the podcast because he would just know. Did Luke get for his land speeder? I think it's like what ten thousand credits or something. No, oh, two th- only two thousand credits. So Luke gets two thousand credits for his land speeder. Do we have like the, the blue book like, value of a of yeah. a land speeder? For me, Judge I imagine that's here? selling like your kind of your decent condition Honda Civic. Mm-hmm. So let's say like one credit is like four dollars. Yeah. Do we have that peg to inflation from Oh yeah. What's the four the the yeah the the zero ABY <laughs> just Google how much zero did a two thousand six Honda Civic cost in nineteen seventy seven? What would be the nineteen seventy seven version of that? Is there like were there Camrys back then that we could compare this to? Mm, like some sort of Chevy probably. 1977 most popular car USA. Chevrolet Impala. Oh, it was 83 for Camrys. We're off. I can't. Chevrolet Impala. So. But Impalas, uh, they were popular, but does that make them the, the Camry or the Civic of their time? I don't think so. Well, I don't know if there were, like, because, I mean, it's hard to say because Civics now are pretty good vehicles. I'm not saying they're now. bad, just like they're... They're the car you think of as the car everyone has. Yeah, but 
I'm saying I think there was a period where civics probably were on the cheaper end, and now yeah, they seem to true. be pretty. They seem to be pretty, you know, mid quality um, sedans. Fair enough. Uh, thank you, Christopher. There's, there's some car guy listening to this just fucking fuming right now. Well, I I talked about Camrys from the '70s, so uh, we're done. Yeah, we just got uninvited from Car World or whatever the. F- Dad's not going to invite me over to watch the Barrett Jackson auto auction this year. What am I going to do? I don't know. Next question comes from Javier, who asks, just a random thought I had. Padme really could have solved a lot of her problems if she just took some credits and freed me after the Phantom Menace. Yeah, kind of a dick move not to do that. Yeah, like they sure they didn't have the credits to free anyone when they went there initially. But I feel like uh, I'm back like the next day. Yeah, it, even if you don't tell Anakin, because I understand, like, okay, you don't want to tell Anakin because it's part of his training. But like, to be fair, Shmi does get freed. She's freed when she dies. Yeah, but only like Anakin only finds out later. And yeah, but I don't think Padme would have told Anakin because I. Well, it like just mid, seems like the kind of like thing that, like, hey, like, maybe it's a big problem with the Republic of like, there's all this slavery going on in the galaxy that they have a lot of power to stop and they just don't. Yeah. It's like Padme or just like trade a handmaiden for, let's be honest. Yeah. I don't think trading a new slave for old slaves is the best way to handle that. I didn't say it was the best, but it's definitely one of the cheaper ways. Like if, if they know that Anakin's going to be worried about his mom, like, they can keep up the whole, oh, you're still detached from your family, and mm-hmm. maybe be like, hey, but we also made sure she's not enslaved in a junk shop. In a junk shop. Part of your Jedi training shouldn't be, like, ignoring the fact that this suffering that you're theoretically supposed to be, up, like, upholding peace and justice in the galaxy, but also ignore the fact that there's this slavery ring you grew up in that we actually couldn't give. Like, I, I want to highlight this as much as possible. Could not give less of a fuck about. <laughs> we we don't we don't care. Yeah, like you know, we bought instead of freeing the slaves, an extra speeder to fly around Coruscant. You can't even leave the planet with this thing. We got you this data pad so you can temple. watch a live feed of your mom as a slave on Tatooine. You know, what we bought instead of this Shunthor. <laughs> no one even uses it. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking crashed it on Dathomir last week. It's just it's just sitting there. Oppo Rancisis went joyriding. We bought a 3D star projector in every single uh, classroom. So in case Obi-Wan dares ask Yoda a question in front of his students, he can be chewed out. We bought a new 3D printer so Yoda could start his Dago bongs line. (laughs) That'd be sick. I'd buy that. Sorry, I, the reason why I'm not contributing is that I don't have the new email set up yet on my oh, or that email set up on my new computer yet. What do you think would cost more, my computer upgrade or freeing a slave in Star Wars? Because like, I don't think it was that expensive. No, it was like the the bet on a winning on the winnings for uh, the slave that Watto considered his most valuable of the two. So. Which me probably would have Although been to be fair, it was the slave or the ship, so it's true. Yeah. It is that's a pretty like most contrived. That's the most contrived. Like, well, it's part. It's part. I mean, the, the Republic ship. can't it's call the anybody from on Tatooine. 
Like, no. you tell me there's not one phone that Qui-Gon can use? No, you, you can't communicate in space. That's stupid. There's a communications blackout on Naboo that blocks out everywhere in the Outer Rim. Are you telling me in that the last time we were at Tatooine, they found a way off in 10 minutes? <laughs> they walked into a cantina, and they're like, you got a way off? And they're like, yeah, sure, just pay for it. And it's like, sick. Like, okay, Watto doesn't accept Republic credits. Somebody will. So, our final emails come from Mike, who has a couple thoughts on the... Or, sorry, MKE, who has a couple thoughts on the books. Uh, he brings up the Chewy bit, where he smashes the... Uh, oh, yeah, Chewy, like, eviscerates old people. Well, the 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 baby or the Yvethan fetuses, oh, the sack. and he's asking. He thinks they were sacks yet to be fertilized. That is not the case. These were fertilized and they were growing. Uh, Chewie just wipes them all because that's what Nil Spar is so mad about. Yeah, he just fucking gives it to him. Yeah, he's like that was my good seed. Yeah, I'm gonna have to cut so I, much more. I did drink so much apple cider vinegar to produce this. Oh, and he also says the SSD was found and destroyed in the New Essential Chronology. Oh, okay. So, cool. it's not specific on where it is. I think uh, Ghostfish also mentioned that in the chat as well. So yeah, it, it gets destroyed. Oh, yeah. Not entirely sure how. Maybe was, Vong. Maybe he something says else. the Intimidator disappeared, although it was discovered four years later near the Unknown Regions. Right, it was Altamal. I do remember that. But uh, yeah, any any last thoughts before we go off and I do the one chip challenge on the X2 podcast oh, yeah. tonight? I think you might have someone joining you. For it. Did, did Charlie buy another one? I think Charlie's going to do it again, yeah. Why would he do that? Yeah, I'm not doing it again. All right. Well, that'll be over on YouTube.com slash X2 in a couple minutes. We will see you there if you're coming. If not, then you're, you're missing not Charlie no vomiting again, oh. which... Yeah. Uh, that's fun. Get him as drunk as we can beforehand. Yeah. By the way, thank you all for watching. Thank you all for listening. We'll be back Perfect next week with issues. the final uh, Young Jedi Knights book. The Crisis at Crystal Reef or Trouble at Crystal Reef or Trouble at Cloud Reef City. It's the one about Mon Cal. So uh, exciting stuff. The end of an era. We're finished with Black Fleet Crisis. We're going to be finished with Young Jedi Knights. And next week we will figure out where we're going next in this big Star Wars adventure. Maybe Corellia. Maybe Corellia. Maybe the New Rebellion.